Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 30 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guy. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. Uh, After taking some time off for the offseason, we reached out to the voice of the Huskies, Dirk Kembroff, to discuss all the big changes this offseason, including his new job with Michigan Tech. It's nice to get you back on the podcast, Dirk. I like want to uh, thank you guys for having me in this wonderful timing, right in the middle of Game Four of the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> I think that might have been what Dustin's reaction was about there during the intro. I don't even. Yeah, I saw the I saw the I saw the stats, and I'm like, I can't believe that the Avalanche were held to like practically no shots in the first period. I well, my family is upstairs watching it right now, so I'm trying to hear <laughs> if I hear any uh, any yelling or anything. Hoops and yeah. hollers. Well, I, I, I just got back from uh, the golf course, so I haven't I haven't watched a second of it until now. Oh, <laughs> I uh, I haven't watched hardly any playoffs since the Wild got eliminated because I just haven't put much time into it. I guess I've watched a few games here and there, but not a whole lot. Um, I didn't even think about it being a, a game night for that uh, when I found time for this. I know we have a lot of different schedules to work around here in the off season than we do during the season where where we're we're just trying to pencil it in when we can versus having that set time slot on Monday nights that we're recording. Um, And I know I I saw a friend post on Facebook, uh, somebody's at Red Rocks in their Avalanche jersey with a laptop so they can watch the game. And the guy's like, (laughs) why even go to the concert? And I'm like, well, he's probably making his wife happy that he's still going. And he had no idea that they'd be in the finals, let alone it'd be a finals game night when they bought the ticket yeah. six months probably ago. Bought the, yeah, probably bought the tickets six months ago. And like, like I bought I bought tickets to a concert, and now that's the weekend the Packers are going to London, so I might not be going to the concert anymore if I can get tickets to the Packers in London. So oh. things happen, right? Uh, well, I hear London, Ontario is lovely. <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> Uh, this week we'll discuss Dirk's new role at Michigan Tech, talk about Augustana joining the CCHA and some other changes that were kind of announced along with Augustana joining. Uh, we finally got official word on what's going on with the Great Lakes Invitational. And just the other day, uh, actually in between the time we figured out when we were going to do this and recording, Chris Brooks was announced as a new assistant at Clarkson. So we can get into that a little bit. And then we've got the schedule this year, if we've got time, plus some new recruits to talk about. And maybe we'll touch on what's going on at Michigan and Mel Pearson. I don't know. Probably not, because we don't need this to last three hours. I know Nick, our editor, was wondering if we would have a four-hour podcast this week, and I don't think any of us want to be up that we late, could. So We could just have an extra session of ripping on Mel and just leave it for the Patreons only. Yeah, we could do that. If we want to, (laughs) I still have a little bit of packing to do before my flight tomorrow morning. And then I will be editing this for you guys uh, uh, in the evenings, probably for the next couple nights to try and get it done so we can get it out next week before anything new happens. Anything else we want to talk about that I missed? Nobody really questioned my rundown when I put it in the uh, Slack chat. So I'm guessing we're fine. No, I think it looks fine to me. 
All right. Uh, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back to chat with uh, Dirk uh, about his new role at Michigan Tech. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, welcome back. Let's get right into things. What exactly are you doing now with the university as director of athletic partnerships and ticket sales, Dirk? Pretty, pretty cool name. Hey, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, that's why I wanted the job just for the title. <laughs> well, I thought maybe you wanted it so you don't have to get up at four in the morning to go to the radio station anymore. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's part of it, but uh, it was, it was just, it was just time. Um, you know, I appreciate, um, every, you know, the whole uh, athletic department uh, taking me in up there and yeah, what I'm what I am doing I am um, basically in charge or one of the main people of getting sponsorships uh, throughout the you know athletic program and that includes you know the dashboards you see at the games um, you know, so, so if we want a better deal on our advertisement you can uh, help with that <laughs> Don't let me get into that on you because you guys are already at a sweeter spot than what I think you have on. I was just looking at your contract the other day. <laughs> and, uh, we won't get into that. No. Well, uh, no, yeah. no, you can say whatever you want. We, I think we'd like a different location because the coaches block it every game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I'll, I'll talk to you about that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, other than our advertisement, what are you doing? Yeah, so it's um it's been very interesting. So basically, what I my position is right now is um, is to get sponsorships or partners, as they are called, to um, team up with Michigan Tech Athletics, and uh, you'll you know with all the Dasher boards that you see on on the boards at the uh, McGinnis, um, you know the videos up on the video stream. Um, very involved with the will be very involved with the VIP tailgate party over at Michigan Tech football, um, of course, dealing with all of the sports and then just trying to, um, you know, get good partners to come in. And I uh, was very fortunate to get this job. Uh, I think the um, 
athletic department and uh, Suzanne Samagret, Dr. Suzanne Samagret, big time uh, for taking me on and taking over for Kevin Luke, who, of course, we all know the legendary Kevin Luke retired as a coach and then was gracious enough in a pinch to uh, stay on kind of a part-time deal to um, hold things over there at this position when uh, Gary left and Gary had done a wonderful job through uh, COVID. I mean, what Gary and <clears throat> Kevin did through COVID was unbelievable. No, you know, no fans allowed in the buildings and you have, you know, partners that are signed up with contracts and everything. They were able to smooth it over as best they could. And, and the partners were wonderful working with Michigan tech and more concerned about making sure that they help out the, the university and the athletic department than what they got back out of it, which was just incredible. I, I don't, I don't think enough credit goes to those type of situations that came from COVID uh, businesses that didn't really get back what they normally would get back out of it because of the no fans yet. They still, um, you know, in a sense donated uh, uh-huh. money. So it really was incredible. And uh, yeah, I'm just feet from the, my office is feet from the John McGinnis student ice cream. So I'm able to take a peek out there every once in a while and stay close. And so far so good, cautiously optimistic about anything new and, and so different but um, yeah, so far so good. It's got to be great to be working with the the community up there. That it the businesses in, in the local community are um, you know, great to work with, uh, from my experience. And you know, you're you're in a prime position to to work with them. And um, I don't know. You can probably cut this out, Tim. But <laughs> no, no, but you're 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 right. I mean, it, it is. Um, you know, people want to be involved with Michigan Tech sports. There's no doubt about it. And it makes this position obviously easier when that is the case. And in some ways, it makes it a little difficult because there are only so many spots available here, so many spots available here. But um, it, it is, it does really shine the light on the Copper Country community. And mm-hmm. um, it just it's it really is amazing. It's not everywhere that you're going to go that you have businesses that are going to throw money at a program and be accommodating for that kind of thing. Right. It's, it's a special community. And I think everybody appreciates that. Yeah. And I think we know that, you know, I think somebody like me who's, you know, born and raised here takes that for granted. Sometimes I think sometimes we take Michigan tech for granted. Um, You know, we, I was just talking to one of the big restaurant music restaurants uh, owners a couple of weeks ago and she just reiterated the fact that, you know, some people just don't realize how important Michigan tech is to our community. We have, you know, we have great hospitals. We have, um, you know, wonderfully uh, designed businesses that are huge too, but without Michigan tech, this place doesn't roll. And uh, people, you know, most people realize that. And I think some of us being the, the people that have been here our whole lives, you know, often take it for granted and, and I'm trying not to do that. And, and when you talk, when you talk with people all the time like that, you realize that, uh, you know, how important the university is and the sports are. Yeah. It's yeah. a great source of pride for the, the whole area. Like it's. It, no, it is. It really is. I mean, well, you guys know when you, when the hockey team's on the road, is there anybody more beaming than um, a Michigan tech hockey fan that is wearing their Huskies sweatshirt or whatever. And they walk in, you know, their chest out, just beaming, you know, this is my team. It's kind of like, you know, this is my team. 
And um, that's the attitude that, that you get, which is pretty cool. Yep, and it drives it drives that recognition away from the fact that there's a few other universities in the state besides just the big ones downstate, right? Getting to explain to someone that you're not a Wolverine and then them understanding it's always a good time yeah, <laughs> when I, traveling, right? Right, and that's why, you know, the GLI, I know you guys are going to get to that, but the GLI is so important and always has been important. And, and what a, uh, you know, some somebody like McGinnis to be able to understand that so long ago and how important it was to get the name out there in the big markets. And uh, yeah, it's just a really, really uh, unique university that everybody that is involved with it or has some kind of connection to it is proud of. So what does this mean for you when it comes to radio? You're still the voice of the Huskies and that's it as far as it goes, or you still hosting the coach show? Is the Dirk side dead? The Dirk side is dead. Oh, yeah, 21 years of, of that show. And I loved, I loved every minute of it, but it, it was time for something different. Um, yeah. Everything else sports wise. Um, I don't know how much I filled in a lot of high school games the last couple of years, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, yeah. So planning obviously to do the, the hockey games and still directing this at this time, directing sports over at mix 93 and uh, WMPL. So um, that, that is hopefully at this time, not going to change and looking forward to that. Okay. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So the GLI, you know, it's been how many years in Detroit and we finally got word, uh, what was it a couple weeks ago now that officially the Great Lakes Invitational is moving to Grand Rapids to be at Van Andel arena and Michigan isn't going to be there. Um, so we've got Michigan Tech, Western Michigan, Michigan State, and Ferris State this year or this coming season. Uh, what I guess, what do you know about how all that went down and uh, how did we arrive at where we're at? Well, I don't think it's a secret. First, the, the first and foremost, I think people, most people know, but maybe all, all of them don't. Once the Little Caesars came about and the Pistons were going to be in the same building. It threw a monkey wrench into the whole between Christmas and New Year's thing. With all of these special concerts that they like to get in, Pistons and the Red Wings fighting for uh, time there. It made, from what I understand, the GLI, you know, went down a couple of runs, a couple of notches as far as the, uh, the priority. So um, I don't, also don't think, think it's very much uh, a secret that Michigan wasn't too keen on playing in between Christmas and New Year's because of the players that they normally have gone for the World Juniors. And so, uh, you know, the powers that be got together. And, and personally, I, I mean, I love being at Joe Louis Arena. I love being at Little Caesars Arena. The fact that the, that's where the wings play. <clears throat> but you know, it's, it's not easy when you've got a family um, and, you know, you've got to say, see you later. We're, we're heading down, you know, for five days down there. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of work for everybody to put this Great Lakes Invitational on. And so uh, I'm kind of excited about 
you know, Van Andel. It's a different uh, part of the state. I don't get down there very often. I have not been there since the uh, playoff game against Ferris State. And, you know, a little smaller arena, not so gigantic and easier to maneuver around. Uh, Hopefully we get great crowds there. And I'm just excited right now. I, I know a lot of people maybe are a little you know, not so sure of it, but I'm, I'm going in with high hopes and we'll see what happens with it. I'm just excited that it's back. I'm, it's back in a ter- uh, tournament format, which I think was the biggest bummer about last season. And uh, I hope people make the trip. I, I think this group here agrees completely with you. Like, it, it, I'm very optimistic with the direction that the GLI is going at this point, but I think these are changes that needed to be made. And I think it sets it up for, you know, the, the best chance at success in the future. I think the GLI from the Michigan, Michigan state perspective got a little stale for them over the years, especially since the, well, they do the duel of the D the duel at the D started. So it wasn't a special thing to be playing at Joe Lewis arena or the little Caesars arena anymore. I think the one thing that makes me sad is because of how this all went down with COVID and everything that there was no like official last year at little Caesars arena where like myself, I could have made the trip to go to one at at Detroit one last time. And I planned on going this last year, if it had been the normal format too, because I kind of knew it was coming to an end or likely to with how hard it's been to schedule it. Um, so it all makes sense. I, uh, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with world juniors. If it goes well in August this year, I wouldn't be surprised if it stays in August. Um, yeah, wouldn't that to avoid be that. some interesting irony there, right? World juniors moves the time of where it actually gets played and there's yeah, no I, longer a conflict anymore. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think, so? I think it's going to stick in the original time. I don't know, but I just think the ideal situation is, yes, Michigan is involved because you want to play the best. Michigan's always going to be a top caliber team. You want them to be part of the tournament. But at the same time, if they're not committed, if they don't want to be there, if they're going to pull stuff like they did last year where they just decide they don't want to play – how can you have them involved? That's why I'm so impressed with, um, you know, the Michigan Tech Athletic Department and Michigan State to go ahead with this and, and you know, say, we're going to do this with or without you. And I, you know, I'm not blaming Michigan. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to deal with every year. I get it. Um, but it, it's, it is too bad. And I, I'm just glad that this is moving forward. And I think it's going to be successful. I think so too. Well, I think you you've got you've got fan bases now. The Michigan fan base has always kind of mocked the event in the last probably five years or so, anyways, right? They don't have enough people that show up, anyways. They don't promote it like Dustin was saying with the duel of the D. Hopefully, now you've got teams that are actually committed to it in a location that's excited to have it, rather than trying to fit it in at a weird time or whenever it comes in around another event, right? It gives Van Andel a, a flagship event to host over the uh, over the over the holiday. It and reminds me of how much different the St. Louis Frozen Four felt compared to the DC one. Where DC, it felt like 
it was just something going on. Whereas in St. Louis, there was signs everywhere. Like our hotel keys said frozen four on them. Like everything about the event or about St. Louis was focused on our event when, when the frozen four was there. I don't know if I agree with you, Tim. No, because I was definitely recognized wearing a Bemidji Jersey at the Lincoln (laughs) Memorial (laughs) by a school field trip. Well, yeah, but that's different than the city (laughs) itself rolling out the red carpet for the event. Getting recognized doesn't mean a whole lot. Whereas like when we got to the airport in St. Louis, like there were signs there talking about the fact that this event is happening. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I didn't it's fly not, there, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah, see that. It's not, uh, it's, it's just different that it's not lost. Uh, it, it should be a really big deal in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. And that's I know a good you, thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm intrigued to see what this event, me- like, I, uh, from all the literature I've read that's been released about it, there's nothing official about whether or not Western and Michigan State per se are like going to do this every year at this point, right? I don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't think, you know, is this a two year deal right now? Is that, I don't even know what, what's the, what that I, is yet, you know, or yeah. what the, I mean, I kind of assume going forward that Michigan Tech wants Western and Michigan State to be a part of it every year. I don't know if Ferris is supposed to. I think it's. I think it works out well that this is the year that Michigan Tech only plays Ferris twice in the conference schedule. So it makes sense to because they're the closest team and because of that, that you're not potentially getting a fifth game against Ferris. You're just getting a third game. If if they end up playing, I assume the uh, schedule is them playing in opposite semifinals. Um, I, I would think that there's some arrangement that, that that can be made between Tech and Michigan State and Western Michigan that you have some regularity on who's going to be there. Yeah. And maybe that doesn't mean that those three teams are there every year. Maybe those three teams are there two out of every four years. And then the other years, one of the other teams are there and we get a couple other invitees. But having some stability in Western and Michigan State being regular co-hosts or regular attendees would be great, I think. And even if it's every year, I would be perfectly fine if it's Tech, State, and Western every year with a fourth team that is from another conference. I agree. And I think, yeah, I I think a lot of people would really like to get, um, you know, the whole Michigan thing, the state of Michigan thing is is great. And it's, um, it's cost effective. Um, You know, you know, the coaches, you know, the administrations, but at the same time, I think people love to see, you know, New Hampshire committed, you know, Maine and all, all these other, schools that would uh, you know boston and all that that would come in you get a chance to see these teams for the first time maybe yep. in your life mm-hmm. yeah yep yep i, I agree I think that the fourth agree. team it'd be nice it, to get back to that especially since now you're at a smaller venue where it's less important that that fourth team necessarily brings in you know 800 fans a thousand fans uh because i know back in the day when we went to the, when we've been to the gli 
in Detroit. It's not like Boston College brought a bunch of fans, uh, but it was nice to have that name from somewhere else there. I also don't have a huge problem if that fourth team for the first couple of years here is whoever Michigan Tech's only playing twice. Like that's not a big deal to me to 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 potentially get that on there, especially since. If that's what we're doing, that basically guarantees that Michigan Tech plays Michigan State or Western in the first game, which is a good thing, too. Or even even for these first few years, get one of the now many independents in. Yep, yep, yeah. No, I have no problem with it. Fairbanks can come down and and participate in this or or bring in Lindenwood. Lindenwood. Yeah, (laughs) I think think a lot of the teams in the tournament wouldn't mind that because they get to – help that team get some games on their schedule without necessarily having the responsibility and or pairwise issue of playing them twice and not getting much out of it. You get one game and you only have quote like a chance for one game. Like, I think that's a good thing too. Uh-huh. It is yep. a good thing. And I think that you know, the bottom line is you want to have a great tournament. You want to have people there, but one of the most, one of the most important things is that you have quality teams in there that is, that's going to not only um, you know be good games and, and good hockey to watch, but it's also going to potentially help your ratings going through the sec to, to launch into the second half of the season. And that you know that's a huge huge deal yeah. for teams that are fighting to get that at large bid. Mm-hmm. And I would think if as much as the Eastern teams don't necessarily like to travel, it makes like if they if their coach understands the pairwise participating in a tournament like this can really help you. But they do uh, travel for they do travel for holiday tournaments. So they like, do. I, but I but still like you have to figure out how how much uh, like I think some of it, too, is maybe Michigan Tech uh, as as the host of this event needs to get a couple of years under their belt with somebody like Ferris as the fourth team to get a sense of what kind of gate they're getting to know how much of a, uh, a buy they can make to get that fourth team to come visit kind of thing. Uh-huh. Or if you're trading a series where they participate in the July and then we go out there, whatever, like that, that, that can happen too. But uh, yeah. So I I'm excited for it. My biggest thing is I wanted to go to Detroit one more time. Um, and I don't really have any other reason to go there. So I don't plan on it. I've never been to a GLI before. I'll probably make try to make this year my first. <laughs> yeah, I'm about time. I'm now still like Detroit, my right? mind is still like blown that you have never been to a GLI. I understand. Yeah, we, I understand yeah. your reasoning why, Rob. <laughs> I understand, but yeah, I just can't believe it. Yeah, well, the no, traveling it's... is going to be interesting this year because of the, uh, you know, what the GLI is Tuesday, Wednesday, right? This year. 27th Tuesday Wednesday you're correct yeah and then the um the long trip to Arizona is the following weekend so I I I believe they are not going back busy Um, week that makes sense busy week for you Dirk busy week yes (laughs) yes Uh, a week out in Arizona that's a tough thing isn't it? oh yeah that's tough that's tough (laughs) I feel I feel really bad for you I have a feeling we're not going to stick around. Nothing wrong with uh, Grand Rapids, obviously, but I have a feeling we'll uh, they'll try to make their way as quickly as possible to uh, the desert. Yeah, yeah, I would have think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd imagine it saves a little bit on cost too. I mean, flying out of Detroit 
rather than flying from Houghton or wherever with the bus, you might as well. No point in coming home if you can fly, fly from down there on cheaper. Yeah, it is kind of interesting to me. It is kind of interesting that this is this is the second or third time now that that we've gotten two holiday tournaments in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if there's. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other team that has done that kind of thing before. It's an interesting strategy, and I, I I like it because. The tournaments are great. Like, yeah, we need to do that more often for pairwise reasons. Yeah, yeah and anytime you can win a championship, it, it, it's great. I mean, anytime you can go and play two games and bring some hardware home, it it makes uh, you know it can give a big boost to the morale of the team. And I, I think it's I, I agree. It, uh, tournaments are awesome. Even if they're just four team tournaments, two games, mm-hmm. um, you're, you know, you look at it from the outside and you think. You know, big deal, right? You, yeah. you, you have to put two games together, but it is. It well, is a big fun. deal. They're fun. They're, well, they're fun, and there's also there also is there also is something to certain teams that know how to win two games in a row. And, you know, there's something to that. It's not just um, winning two straight games. There's yeah. there's a that's, there's a method of madness behind it. That's pretty. And, and that's pretty two different damn teams. helpful. Yeah. That's pretty damn helpful when it comes to the NCAA regionals. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of those, they're already talking about uh, that rule change coming. Yeah, the rule is the Hallinan rule. Yeah, I saw. Didn't somebody? Was it in our Discord? Somebody said that. Yeah, somebody uh, mentioned that's that. That's not the I legacy think... that he probably wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah, Schlossman posted that we're just going to call it the Hallinan rule if it gets approved. I think is where I saw it first. Yeah. 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 That's just a nice reminder for ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was my understanding that whatever he was called for they already didn't have to call the major for what he was called for or call the the misconduct like the rule change didn't doesn't necessarily affect that play that was the ref's choice to call everything i totally agree and i don't want to get into refs but i going back to that play i had one of the worst angles (laughs) Um, worst vantage points I've ever done a game from and didn't see the, the original live play really other than just a bunch of bodies down in the corner. When I saw the replay, I, and the, and I saw that they were going back to look at it. I said to myself, I said, there's no way, there is no way he is not going to be still in this game. There's no way somebody looks at that again and says, no, you're gone. And I was just blown away that it happened. So, yeah. See, I'm from Minnesota. So my initial thought was, well, that should definitely not be a game, but it's absolutely it's going, to going to be a game. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. Well, and I think, and I think that was, uh, didn't, was it Wooden wrote an article about that stuff, basically talking about how, like, the, the way we replay those kind of hits is backwards the if like whatever you saw on the ice is what it should be unless it's not like if you thought it was a cfb and it should be a five and a game misconduct on the ice that's fine but then the replay should be used to try and downgrade it it should never be used to with, without it being blatantly obvious, it should never be used in slow motion to upgrade it. Well, that makes sense. I, I agree like, with that. 
like if you if if at full speed you don't think it's a game misconduct it shouldn't be a game misconduct because his elbow briefly hit his head on a super slow-mo replay right like it looks so much worse on slow-mo and like I, i remember sitting there like and if i remember correctly dirk you were basically in the corner calling yeah you guys were right? way up high weren't you the opposite corner of where that happened diagonal yeah, yeah, right yeah. across the yeah. yeah so it yeah the that's one problem with that the 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 budweiser event center was i don't think they really had a good setup for for uh broadcasters or for media like because mm-hmm. they basically shoved you guys in the corner so that they could get paying customers to pay for the suites in the middle uh, and it didn't really have a good setup, which I, where, where, I don't even know in that place where the actual like announcers for the, the Colorado Eagles sit. Cause it doesn't seem like there's a, a press box anywhere. Yeah. The home radio, I believe was just to the right of me, which would have been just more, a little bit more around the corner. I'm not positive. That's where they're, where the Eagles home radio is, but that's where the other radio was during the, the game so okay it must uh, be that little box right by the the like because you're in the corner where that suite was where the press conferences were right the that's the corner well, you were in i was on the opposite you know the, the opposite side of that so again okay. we're okay. helen in where helen it's penalty took place uh he was you know down to the end to the left i was you know straight dr- yeah. di- diagonal across yeah there, but know? that's where the that the post-game press conferences were was right behind you, right? Well, I think, just yeah. ar- just around the corner on the other side. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the other side. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that I don't know. We don't need to talk about that more. That that game was we probably I, I don't know. It's been so long, but I'm guessing that we talked about that in the previous podcast. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> now that um uh we've talked about the GLI and your new role. Uh, I guess one more thing we should talk about before we move on to more CCHA stuff is it was recently announced that Chris Brooks is moving on to be an assistant at Clarkson. Uh, what do you know about that move? And do you have any sense of uh, where Joe's going to look? I don't know where Joe's going to look. I have a feeling he's got a pretty good idea on what he's uh what he's going to do going forward here, but I, I didn't even ask him. I, I did get a call from Chris um, before it broke. He just wanted to let me know. Um, and then Joe gave me a call and I appreciated both of them doing that. Um, Chris is a wonderful coach and I don't think this is any surprise that he's going to get a chance here to um, help out Clarkson and then, you know, there are, there are some other things that I do know about that that um, are good for Chris. There's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, he he's just a great guy. I, I, I roomed with him many, many times uh, the last <laughs> few years and, uh, you know, had some great hockey talks. And, you know, these these, you know, these assistant coaches, these head coaches, yeah, you know, they're that's 24 hour job. They're, there's no off switch for these guys. They're always thinking. And I wish him nothing but the best. I told him, I said, I am really bummed out, really bummed out. I'm not surprised. And I'm very, very happy for you. And, and uh, he deserves it. And I think it, it goes to show, you know, the um, you know, Joe Sean's ability to 
find somebody. He wanted somebody in there to, you know, kind of challenge him and somebody who was right there at that level. And that was a great yin and yang, I think, between two coaches. And um, yeah, I just, I'm happy for Chris and his wife and his family. Uh, but it, it's going to be a hole to fill. There's no doubt about it. Big shoes. Yeah. And I, I you know, you see a staff like, uh, like Michigan had there for a while where nothing really changed for what, 15 years between the right. uh, uh, Mel and uh, was it powers and red and red, like that doesn't happen very often. I know mm-hmm. maybe some people are a little confused and wonder how it reflects. And I'm like, that's not really how this works. Usually coaches move. Because they're always looking for another opportunity to work under another coach to get more experience, to better their resume, show that it's that what changed at a program had something to do with them and not just, you know, like Chris wants to go somewhere else and, and, and show that what he brings to the table is important. And, and we get that. And Dallas had other things where he's got a young family and wanted a different situation we all get it and, and, and different things happen. And I mean, if you look at obviously Michigan tech's a little different cause we've had so much, uh, I guess, changes at the head coaching position since uh, McGinnis uh, retired or uh, yeah. So it's just a different situation uh, these days where nobody's going to stick around all that long, unless it's really just about, the spot they're in and wanting to be there. If they're still looking to become a head coach at some point, I don't expect any assistant to really stick around for more than five, six years. And the, uh, the, the only difference in that might be, you know, you look at Bob Daniels and his, his crew there. I mean, that, that Ferris state uh, coaching staff, it's just, I bow down to them for those guys being together so long. And I, I just think that's a really cool thing. So you're right. You, you, you're not going to see that. Um, you know, once in a, in a blue moon, that's it. Yeah. And it's an interesting off season for this to happen from a Michigan tech perspective. When you have both, uh, Pat Mickish leaving green Bay and Brad Patterson being done at, uh, Youngstown that there's a couple alums <laughs> out there that aren't, uh, head coaches anymore. Um, I know somebody in our Discord chat, I think, asked about Jamie, and I'm like, I'm sure he'd like to get paid to be a coach, but at the same time, I think it'd be really hard to be the paid assistant coach while trying to work on your your uh, doctorate. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he'd I, almost have to. He'd almost have to put off or abandon the doctorate thing if, yeah. which is a complete like right turn in your life plan. It'd be one thing if rules change and he can be a third assistant paid position. And it's just understood that he's not going to be doing the recruiting stuff because he's working on the doctorate. And that's a different choice than, than what they have now. Um, So that's a different situation. I think he's perfect for the role they have him in and it's a good situation. And then, and then I'm sure, uh, everybody and their brother will will circle Cam Ellsworth as a possibility, but, but no chance. I think he's pretty happy as a head coach and where he's at versus uh, 
Cam Cam is back not here to be an moving. Cam's not moving for anything less than a D one head coach position, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right, and I also think it, it, it might even get to the point for him that uh, he's pretty happy where he's at, getting to be the head coach of a pretty good D three program, and not having to deal with all the what's changing these days when it comes to D1 and the the name likeness stuff and, and all that stuff that's going on that uh, I just don't like, think that if you have the the drive to do what he's doing that you're going to turn down a chance to do it at the highest level you know what I mean like that's not in Oh no, I, I'm saying no, but that's I'm saying that's, the other, that's another reason why he's not going to leave where he's at to become an assistant. Right. I okay, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. if he has he's... if if he has a chance at, at a D1 head coach, he's going to jump at it. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as it's a I would say as long as it's not an Atlantic hockey job kind of thing. No, I think there. any of them. I no? I think I think you I think he would jump at an Atlantic hockey job too. Okay. Because look, look what has happened in Atlantic hockey. You can yeah. turn, you can turn an Atlantic hockey team around. Look, yeah. American International was the worst team in the history of college hockey. <laughs> yeah, and they probably still are statistically, but well, they turned it around. I'll be interested to see where 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 it goes. I think we might get surprised with with who gets picked. I don't know. We'll see. I got for, I have, for assistant coach. Yep. But it sounds like you have inside information. No, I have none. <laughs> <laughs> none whatsoever. <laughs> I'll stay quiet. Yeah, I'd say Dirk. Yeah. Dirk's Dirk, been quiet. Dirk probably knows. <laughs> Dirk's been quiet because Dirk, Dirk has some knowledge. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I have really a feeling. I, really I have a feeling we'll be surprised by it, and it'll be a good thing. I, I, I have faith in Joe bringing in someone that'll be able to impact the program in the same way Chris did, right? Whether that's letting somebody get a chance like Shalast at, at his first go at it, or whether it's someone more experienced. I think cool. I, I think we're in good hands. So. I, I really like the idea of Patterson myself, but we'll see how his strengths fit with what they need and all that kind of stuff. But uh, enough about that. Um, uh, big news this offseason was that uh, Augustana, after announcing who their head coach would be, it was officially announced that Augustana is joining the CCHA. Uh if I remember correctly, it's three seasons before they're they're right. they're a full member now, but they'll play a full schedule in three seasons. Um, it's my understanding that the next two years, uh, that they'll or the first two years that they'll play, uh, I assume kind of play everybody once. Um. And that the CCHA is eventually going to go down to a 24-game schedule. Um, so a lot of people are wondering what else is going on here. If if this means 
somebody's leaving or somebody else is joining and why we would go to nine. For me personally, I don't really think like, obviously there's things in the works that we don't know about, but at the same time, I don't think nine is as big a deal as people make it out to be when the, uh, the big tens at an odd number, the CCHA would be at an odd number, but you also have a handful of independents now to fill in those gaps. So you don't have to have a bye week at the end of the year if you don't want to. That's the big thing. You need you need to have other, like you're um, alluding to, there other conferences that are in the same boat. Because if you're not, if, if everybody's all hunky-dory with you know 28 games or whatever they're playing in their conference, it is really, really difficult to schedule and we all know it's even more difficult for you know teams like michigan tech that are in the middle of kind of nowhere to um, attract bigger better teams to come up here and uh, kind of put a spotlight at the mcginnis student ice arena so i i agree if you can get uh, you have a couple of conferences maybe some inner um conference play you know some of those uh uh like, like what they're planning on doing next year out, what is it, St. Lawrence and Clarkson? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, St. Lawrence is coming to town this year, I think. And then right. is it next year that Joe had talked about? Is when we're Something to do like sports? that, yeah. yeah. Either way, which, I think that's... Which they should be doing all the time. I mean, these schools yeah. should be getting together. It's tougher for us because we're not like New York State where you have St. Lawrence and Clarkson. You could throw a rock and hit both ice arenas. Our closest is Northern Michigan hundred miles down the road, but I think an effort needs to be made. Um, Joe certainly has been trying to make that effort. Uh, an effort needs to be made because not only is it's more enjoyable for the players, it's more enjoyable for the fans who get to see different teams and, and two different teams on a weekend, but it's better for your pairwise. You're, yep. you're playing more, you're playing a, more of a variety of yep. teams and it, it just makes more sense <sighs> to do it. Yeah. The travel costs maybe are a little bit more, I think in the long run, it helps out everybody. And I, I just wish more schools would get on board with that. It is difficult with the Western schools. There's no doubt about it, but it'd be more fun. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm excited for that, uh, you know, between that opportunity. And then I know Joe talked a little bit about trying to do something similar with, um, uh, was it Denver, I think? Denver CC. I don't DC. know if it was Denver and CC or Denver or Air and Force. Air Force, but yeah. trying to trying to do the same kind of thing with them as we're doing with uh, uh, St. Lawrence and Clarkson. And it is, isn't it funny though, that, you know, in WCHA and the CCH, we're so ingrained. We don't even realize we're so ingrained for Friday, Saturday night. Same <laughs> I mean, yep. We don't, even, we don't realize that, that, that all, you know, everybody out East it's, it's, you know, not like that, or at least, you know, yeah, you look, they, you look at an Eastern schedule and they're playing on a Monday and then right. on a Thursday and then on a Saturday. Right. And it's like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, there's something, there's no doubt something special. Hey, the, the Huskies are home this weekend, Friday and Saturday night, let's go. But how cool would it be to be able to have, uh, you know, a team 10 miles down the road that plays on a Monday night because it just happened to be a, a good fit for everybody or a, or a Thursday night. I, I wish, we would have more Thursday nights on the road, um, especially the Alaska stuff should be, um, you know, Thursday and Friday. When we did the, the, the two weeks up there, we play Anchorage and Fairbanks or Fairbanks and Anchorage. I always thought, especially um, Thanksgiving, you know, why, why don't, why are we not doing this Saturday, Sunday 
at one and then going Thursday, Thanksgiving night and Friday at the other so that you don't have to be up to that long. It gives the uh, Alaska fans something different to do. I think Thursday night, um, Thanksgiving night games would be big draws. I really do. But it's just it's something that everybody else is, you know, Dirk, you're crazy. So, Dirk, what, what are your impressions of adding Augustana to the conference officially? You know, I don't know. Um, kind of mixed thoughts on it. You know, I, I always want to be a proponent of growing the game of, of hockey and Division One hockey, right? And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to let this play out. I, I'm a little bit, um, I guess, anxious to see how this how this all works. But, you know, people who are a lot smarter than I am and know a lot more about how this all works uh, went for it. And so I'm going to trust that it's a, that it's a good idea. What are your guys? What are you guys thinking about it? I like that they fit the footprint. I like that we're showing as a conference, we're willing to help grow things instead of being a stuck up our nose NCHC where we can't grow in any way whatsoever and are basically closing Western hockey down to expansion, which is what, you know, the NCHC and the big 10 officially or not officially is probably the wrong word, but basically have done right. Big 10 can't grow unless it's a big 10 school and the NCHC isn't taking anybody unless they're trying to maybe steal Minnesota state. Right. I don't think you see the NCHC take anybody else. I don't think they're, I don't don't call it stealing because they, yeah, they uh, they had their chance and right turned it down. So I don't think that's yep agreed. So thing, I, but there's nowhere possible. else for Western schools to go, Midwestern schools, I should say, to go. I think something maybe eventually falls with the West Coast, where we get a league out there finally to help grow that way. If another couple of teams come up, but there has to be somewhere for teams to go. So I'm glad we're bringing them in for that side of things. Now, from a pairwise perspective, I'm worried. <laughs> well, I think that's the biggest concern right there, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. When, when your westernmost schools are Colorado, calling it the WCHA is an interesting name to start with, right? No, so. we, we had Anchorage. We had Anchorage. Yeah, that wasn't there from the beginning of the name change, though, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's – what was it? Was Before it was the W, it was an M something, right? If I, yeah, if I'm something. Right, like, I Chuck, don't know. It was, it was a mid, yeah. or, mid or something like that, right? So – you know, it's uh, actual Western hockey, I think, would be interesting to see. And, and with the amount of players that are starting to come out of California and Arizona and stuff like that, Arizona State's got their program, which has proven that you can have a successful college hockey program in the middle of the desert. So what, what's stopping some of these other Western schools from, from bringing hockey on board and, and having a successful Western league? Yeah, money. That's what's stopping them. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you sure. talk about you, you talk about you know being able to recruit. How about Arizona State? I mean, right. these got you know they have a nothing rink, nothing rink, and uh, they were still getting very good recruits coming in once they went D one, and now we see <laughs> see the players they're getting that they have a rink. I mean, it is uh, it's great for college that that program hey, I think you get the chance great. to play at an NHL rink now so that's right that's right <laughs> but I, I think that I think that that program um is is great for college hockey what they have been able to do in such a short period of time I mean you look at what guys done in in at Penn State too I mean you know that that's 
that's wonderful for the game. And, you know, we go back to the Augustana thing and hopefully, you know, they can come on with some, uh, some progress quickly and, and, and fit right in, you know, you just got to hope for the best uh, for, for those of us that don't make the decisions. We've got to take whatever decisions are made and, uh, and, and pray that uh, things go, um, you know, in everybody's favor. Yeah, I, I might be in the minority, but, I've been to a lot of small regional towns around the area and Sioux Falls, South Dakota has been a lot of fun. Whenever I've been there, I will travel to see Augustana games tech at Augustana anytime. Are you going to tell us what you were doing there, Dustin? That was so, so much fun or just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's mostly drinking beer. Yes. Mostly okay, that's... Drinking beer. Yes. There are some very, very good breweries in Sioux Falls. Yeah. But hey, there's some really good breweries to go to circle back to the GLI conversation. I'm looking forward to Grand Rapids from that perspective as well. Yeah. Grand Rapids is a fantastic food and beer town too. There's yeah. some really it, good restaurants downtown. It is definitely a town that I'd like to go visit, and GLI might be, just be that reason to go. Yeah. I would prefer if GLI was in early October so I could potentially get a few rounds of golf in. <laughs> don't you have, aren't you usually unable to travel in october because of harvest yeah that's true yeah <laughs> usually i can bend it when it comes to golf but we'll see uh, what, what, else, what else you got on your list tim well i think we should get into some of these questions that we got for dirk and probably wrap it up since i'm sure and tired of my internet crapping on me i actually i'm recording i'm recording i know i know we're all good I, I switched laptops actually, so we'll see if it's a laptop driver issue. It might be since get one of those blue cables and plug into your router and network properly. Wireless crap. It's not. I'm not using wireless. I ran oh, a cord specifically <laughs> right. to this dock. I tried unplugging it to see if it would be better because sure. something was wrong with it or whatever. But we'll see what's going on here. Hey Tim, Tim, Tim yeah. before we yeah. go on any further, maybe we should talk about. Um, the big loss that we've had in college hockey community, uh, sure. Jeff Morris from UAH. We had him on a podcast before. Yep. We had him on the podcast. Um, while I was still in AmeriCorps in the early days of this website, uh, he also donated money to help keep tech hockey guide afloat. Uh, he's one of the first, 12 people i think to donate any money when we were talking about maybe shutting down because brandon and i didn't really have the money to spend a couple hundred bucks a year on hosting costs and all that stuff uh so he actually has a lot to do with uh keeping us going and he even reached out when we first started doing the podcast about possibly hosting our podcast content because he didn't realize that i've been saving all of our audio files uh, on backup because uh, he didn't really like Anchor because Anchor sort of owns the rights to uh, in some fashion to everything we're doing and if they happen to have shut down we would have lost all the audio that we've put up there well we don't or record directly with Anchor as you can tell by today's meeting <laughs> or today's episode with all of our breaks and audio cut-ins that we're, we're recording off Zoom. And then I take that audio, I save it on our, I have a, a 
basically a corporate account for Dropbox to save everything there to back it all up. So we have every episode backed up on Dropbox. So if Anchor ever goes away, we can post all the episodes all over again if we want. Um, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff was a big part of saving Alabama Huntsville the first time. We had him on when things started to get tough the second time and uh, he was pretty disheartened. I don't I think I don't think he had another fight in him to try and save the team. It was time for other people to step up and work on that and and uh, they tried and um, and here we are with Huntsville kind of being in limbo and and as I've said many a times, I don't think they have I don't think they have a very good excuse these days because of all the independents out there that they should be giving it a try because they should be able to get a decent schedule with all the teams that have uh, started up recently. But Jeff will definitely be missed. Uh, it was very sad to hear of his passing. And um, Huntsville lost a big supporter. College hockey lost a big uh, supporter, especially back in the old uh, USCHO message board days. So, yeah, sad to see that uh, Jeff's gone. One of our, one of the many people we've had on the podcast and, and an early supporter of Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, anything else anybody wants to say about Jeff? No, he was a guy that definitely fit in with, with the Tech group well. He threw <laughs> stats up all the time on USCHO and was looking at numbers just as nerdily as our group did, so. Yeah, he, he fit right in. Yep. Uh, and he was a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, an yeah, actual, an actual rocket, rocket scientist. scientist. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. Mike Antleitner wanted to know, uh, he had two questions. He wanted to know about the influence of Bob Olson on your career. I think we kind of talked about that the last time we had you on, and yep. we touched yep. on it a little bit this time too. Uh, his other question I think is a good one see where you go with this can you name your all-time husky team during the time you've been broadcasting the games one goalie two defensemen three forwards and you got 30 I, seconds to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be tough uh there are a couple of of standout you know uh, easier to to pull out a few guys from the first 10 years because it you know was it what they were some lean years in there um <laughs> You know, there's, when that, I, there's that optimism we love. <laughs> when I when I took over from Bob, uh, Chris Connor was a freshman. Yep, I believe, and he will always be one of my favorites. I, I, I my favorite athlete, professional athlete of all time, was Barry Sanders, and to me he was the Barry Sanders of the Michigan Tech hockey team for four years where you know there wasn't a ton of players around him but people would go just to watch Chris Connor people went just to watch Barry Sanders and um, nicest guy off the ice always a great um, easy interview with him and I'm just so glad that he ended up having you know, such a long career, you know, bounced around, you know, from the show and, and the AHL. But um, for somebody that size to be able to play that long at that level, I think it's really cool. And, uh, you know, it's a shame we didn't have him five, six, seven years later 
it would have been very interesting to see what kind of numbers he might have put up with um, with guys. You know, I mean, he had some very obviously Colin Murphy, you know, just unbelievable player, one of the best I've ever seen. Um, he had some good players around him, but but there are no other would, lines, right? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. You, you basically had a line and a half, and you know that's mm-hmm. tough when you're playing against the greatest era of the WCHA. Right. Um, Brandon Bachinski, Zach Parisi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they didn't win the and they didn't win the championship. No. But like but like was it six years in a row that a WCHA team won the NC? Something like that, right? I mean Denver won it twice, Minnesota won it twice. Denver had a few really great teams. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's not every week. I mean, every, and that's what that's the one thing about that era. You, era you talk about having to broadcast those games and 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 be up about it. Well, it, it wasn't that you had to try to be up about it because every night you had a chance. It may not have been a great chance, but a, a chance to to knock off a team that you were not supposed to beat. And it's not like that anymore, um, which is good. It's good that it's not like that anymore. We're, you know, we're we're the Huskies go into ranks and most of the time they're either supposed to win or at least are equal to the team that they're, that they are playing. But back then it was completely the opposite. So when you had that odd game where you, you know, that sweep over Minnesota at Minnesota, I mean, it was, it was the most, it, you felt like you won the Super Bowl. It was, it <laughs> yeah. was, it was unbelievable. And you still get that feeling now, but it's not the same. It's not the same as beating Don Lucia and those awesome Minnesota mm-hmm. teams in their barn after a snowstorm delayed the game 45 minutes. And, and then, you know, they went to North Dakota without Tyler Shalas, mind you, and uh, swept them there. Um, you know, th- those are things you'll, you'll always remember, but going back to Chris Connor, for sure. Um, and just trying you know, it's funny you asked me this or that this question was asked, cause I have done this at times. I like, who would I put uh, Lars Helmanen, I think without a doubt would be on the, on the blue line, one of the, I think the, the greatest offensive defenseman the Huskies have had in the first 10 years that I um, broadcasted games. Um, and yeah, this is going to be really tough to do this on the spot, but there, there was, there were some really good players uh, in there. Obviously Colin Murphy without a question would be um, on that top line, but those, those three, and I, I feel bad because there's, there's well, so you've, many got, that, you've got, you've got, Help me out. The, the elder Blake Pietala, Tanner Caro. Well, I was uh, thinking. I was thinking that was the second half. Yeah. Of, well, of I, I'm I'm just going down everybody that's in the Century Club for you. Yeah. That's in the 2000s. So Patan, Connor, Caro, Pietala, Engelhart, who was kind of partially your career, partially not, right? Yeah, he was the last two or three years yep. with it, and, and and Brett was, you know, again another guy that might have even thrived more had he had a little bit more of a yeah. cast around him. But I was just thinking of that first 10 years where it was easy. You know, there's a couple of guys that you can really pick out easy. Once you get past that first 10 years and once you hit like 2012, um, there's a lot of guys, you know, obviously, that gets tough. That gets tough. Yeah. You got, yeah, you're, you're right though. Carol, uh, Patan without a doubt. Um, uh, you know, you, uh, Mitch Rinky. I mean, he, he, he could have been one of the greatest of all time at Michigan tech had he, and he stuck around. How, how do you compare Mitch Rinke versus Lars Elman? Um, I don't know how you compare the two. Like, yeah, I mean, Mitch Rinke 
Lars is one of my favorites to ever play at, at Michigan Tech, but Mitch Rinke is well, and I think he's a level above everybody. Yeah, I think I the mean, other one from from the the older era that you got to kind of circle as a an anomaly is Stephen Saigo. There you go. That was the name I was trying to think of. Yep, Stephen Saigo was was a tremendous hockey player, and again, you, you put him on teams where. There's uh, a little less pressure on him, yeah. And then, and then we're, there were a lot of other really good players. It just didn't work out, it, you know. And that's you know that's the like, way it is. Like Brian that's the Perez. thing. That's the thing about those earlier teams. Like I say, earlier teams from my history with tech mm-hmm. hockey. Yeah, from basically 2003 to right till I, I'm always going to remember tech hockey with Connor and Murphy and Desmond. And yeah. Lars <laughs> Hellman and, and yeah. Nick Anderson and Brett like, Olson. Brett Olson like, is another one. Yeah. Oh, all those guys. Like they're yeah. great. And and Tyler Skortinsky and oh, Evanja. Like that, Evanja. Like, like I love those guys. Like, like as but they're the, fun but as they were the guys. They were the guys that when I was in school, I, I knew them. You know, yep. that mm-hmm. there's that's a difference, right? Like I, I knew them. Yeah. I went out with them. I had met them before and it's and really now hard now to we're recruiting kids that grad that uh were born in the year you graduated high school yeah so. exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> so it just gets it gets weird very well, fast just, it, yeah. just yeah. a couple of other names i mean of course tyler shalast um you know scored a lot of goals and one of my best buddies that we hang out now with our families um and you know peter rulo it, it would have been interesting to see if peter had been able to play a full slate of <clears throat> seasons at Michigan Tech. Um, there is there, there's very few full. Uh, what's that? I'm guessing since I got my Chris Connor jacket out, Dustin went to go get his Peter Rulo hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we call Pete the legend, and uh, you know because he's he is a legend here at Hancock, and uh, so we actually buy him we buy him cups, uh, coffee cups, and t-shirts every christmas that say the legend not that we make them, wear them. <laughs> <laughs> nope. somehow i was able to get all three pucks from the hat trick from whatever this that was against anchorage it? wasn't it uh duluth this is against umd oh really yeah, i think a, he had two of them all three oh, okay. pucks goal scorer pucks peter rulo from duluth and they're all think, signed yeah they're all signed yeah, oh, wow. we did that so yep I'll have to yep. talk to him about that. Yep. I got all three of them. No, that like, and, 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 uh, Dirk, you're talking a little bit about how much, like, how different it is when, you know, we had the chance to go into Grand Forks or, or, uh, Mariucci and sweep and like how much fun that was. It is amazing how much, how much more I understand my friends of other teams and their frustration when they lost to us. Now that, (laughs) now that, now that we're supposed to be one of those teams that's getting home ice every year kind of thing, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be the team that like, we're one of the teams that's better supported, I think in the conference. So we're kind of expected to be top half every year. It hasn't happened you know, it happened last year, um, but there's been some struggles to get that home ice the last few years. And it's just been a difference of attitude. And And I honestly don't, I, I still enjoy watching Michigan Tech hockey, but I don't 
like the I do miss the days where where a loss didn't bother me because that's what was kind of expected right whereas and and how much more fun it was to just like be happy when Skorczynski scored a goal or you know something weird <laughs> happened like simply taking North Dakota to overtime because we got an a shorthanded goal because we pulled our extra uh, pulled our goalie because we took a penalty in the last two minutes of regulation to tie it up like the, like those things are so much fun and I will never forget like quote unquote pissing off the entire Cole Center by taking my shirt off in there <laughs> because we won a game that we kind of had no business winning and it didn't matter like because uh, and now now I'm paying for it with all these games that tech should have won and didn't win and, and dealing with that side of it now yeah. uh but yeah it's those years it's better as be bad as they were it. it's it, better to be it, on this side of it, it is it, it would be nice to be on this side of it but like be in the nchc where like anybody one through seven could still win the national championship kind of thing and six teams make it kind of but, year, but Right, but, but yeah. you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. No, They're... it is it is a lot of fun to be the favorite as well, but I do kind of miss the days of being the underdog more and the fun that came with that because it was more about the experience than focusing so much on the fact that we should win so often now. And really the last time, you know, really the last time we've got that feeling was probably the 2019 GLI championship. Um, you know, not that we weren't supposed to, you know, we're, we all know we were right there with, with those teams, no doubt about it. But as far as getting that euphoria of, you know, winning against a great program and great rink with great fans and, and uh, television and all that stuff, it doesn't, you, you do, you miss that that opportunity uh, even though you'll take this over that any day um, you do do miss that feeling of euphoria of something that you accomplished that was not supposed to happen yeah and i and i think you still have that when we play minnesota state um yeah. but that's you know that's been rough this year to watch those games be that close and just not be able to finish them um especially that helen and uh clear chance in Mankato was that yeah. Friday night where it's yeah. just like, oh, I can't believe we didn't score there. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun being around this team in general. I, you know, I really, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast, you know, the last, what is this the pretty running and running towards the end now, three seasons, obviously there's been some hiccups in there with starting a little late on season one and, taking some breaks thanks to COVID in the middle of everything, but uh, it's been, you know, it's been a blast getting to listen to you. I know we talked a little bit about this, but I still try and get an iPad out, sync it up to, to my, uh, my echo and try and get your voice on all the road games so that we can still hear you instead of uh, whoever's talking, unless it's Harrison. I like listening to him now that he's, uh, getting to know him better being on the podcast and everything but it's 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 great 
I don't know where I'm going with this anymore, but it's just, it's just been a lot of fun getting to listen to you over the years. And um, yeah, we really appreciate that you're the voice and that uh, you've, you've found a way now to retire from us, some other careers and still be able to do this. That's, that's good too, for all of us. I know we're happy to have you be the voice of the Huskies for a while. Well, yet. Yeah, I appreciate hopefully, that. hopefully for many more, many, many, many more years. Uh, I appreciate it. I think everybody appreciates what you guys uh, do and your passion for it. Um, I mean, you're much, much more um, knowledgeable about the certain parts of the game than I, than I am. And I, I, I kind of just say what I see and you guys, uh, it's great, you know, to get, hear your opinions on some of the stuff that, that uh, goes on behind the scenes and what you guys know. So, no, I, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on the show and uh, yeah, we'll uh, maybe do it again real soon, but we'll have a Joe Sean hour. I don't know when the next one will be, but uh, we'll have one of those uh, hopefully coming up uh, in the not too distant future to get some more uh, background on what's going on in the off season. You know, Chris Brooks, of course, we'll have a different assistant coach probably by the next time. And uh, I think you will see a couple of uh, minor changes to the schedule um, by the next time we, uh, we chat with Joe. So, okay. Uh, I know we joked a few times about uh, that, that I should volunteer to be your color guy when you don't get anybody to go with you in the state of Minnesota. (laughs) But I always said, I don't know if I can trust myself not to swear when something goes wrong. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Well, even just to get you on, you don't have to be the uh, you don't have to be there even during the play-by-play, but we can get you yeah. on during intermissions. You know, yeah, we'll gets a little lo- gets a little lonely sometimes on the uh, on the road there, Tim. You know, and yeah, um, I, I had a lot of nice, uh, a lot of great alum uh, take the time to let me record them on our six question segment this past year, and I doubt I'll be doing that again. It just very difficult to set things up but it was you, it you was, just got to get a bunch of them in the can when they're all in town for the yeah alumni gathering. well that that's uh it's been thought of and uh, that's not a bad idea at all but uh <laughs> it was what, what it was more than anything it was a great break for me on the road and uh, to give me a little uh to have something room. you already recorded yeah yeah to have something in the can that, that people were legitimately excited about listening to you know hearing some of that stuff so yeah yeah but yeah, if you ever want me on for an intermission thing, that's fine. I'll, I'm usually trying to get to the Minnesota games, and I'll definitely let you know if I'm going to make it to them. So, or I might even try and be up in Fairbanks. Yet we'll see how that goes. No, well, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Dirk. It's great to have you on again. Um, I'm sure we'll have to do this again, especially now that it's probably a little bit easier for you to do this in some respect than it was when you had your Dirk side show in the morning to. Uh, get up so early after this since it's after 11 o'clock for you right now thanks to all of our internet hiccups yeah well that's that's uh, no problem and uh, <laughs> you guys guys have a good night and uh i'll don't tell me the score of the game i'm gonna go up and uh <laughs> dustin as dustin looks up to see what it is probably over by now i would imagine but... i will anyway. not say anything okay <laughs> all right thanks well, guys yep, thank you yeah, thanks, thanks Dirk. Dirk. Anything else you guys want to talk about or should I just wrap it up?
No, I turned my video off a long time ago because I'm milking my battery real hard. I'm on one percent, so we're right at a good Let's time. Let's rip on Mel for a little bit. <laughs> you want to rip on Mel for a little? How about I read uh, the outro and then we can rip on Mel? Okay, you do that. You do that. One minute remaining in the podcast. <laughs> well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting Patreon.com/slash Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, we've got a couple different levels. White level gets you question priority and access to some Zoom chats that we need to get one on the schedule here for the offseason. Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. This episode, I feel bad for them this episode because maybe I'll just leave all the crap of me losing my internet seven times. <laughs> Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive access to unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at chasing Mac pod or at tech hockey guide. You can submit questions through our Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate review and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends uh we've been doing it all season or most of the season if you give us a five-star rating dustin will read the review you leave no matter what it has to say as long as it's you know not uh hate speech uh so let's get some ratings to help us uh get reach more people uh once again thanks to our sponsors fibkey dental in rhinelander wisconsin uh limonia technical services Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.